quits. No, go back to talking like Janine. 50 Randy quits. Well, I mean, if it's a sex doctor. 50 Randy quits. He's humble and ready to rumble. We watch movies so you don't have to. Welcome to 50 Randy Quades. I am your host with the most Nicholas Cage movies. The most humble host in the existence of humanity. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. With me, my co-host, as always. There is no Zool, only JT Money. And we have a returning Special guest host, Johnny Bustin makes me feel good. Spade. Oh my God. I like, I've heard that song so many times. I don't know if I've ever caught or remembered that line, but watching the credits, I wrote it down. Uh, Well played. Well played, Johnny Spade. This is episode 124 Ghostbusters. The 1984 edition of Ghostbusters. If you have any questions or comments, I want to let you know that you can always go to 50randyquades.com. You know, you just let us know what the fuck is up. I didn't realize. So when I looked up earlier, the uh, like the taglines of this movie, the one that IMDb seemed to like claim was like the tagline was... No spook, specter, or haunt will ever be safe again. And quite honestly, I think that was the first time I actually heard that. I don't really even believe that that is really part of the fucking <laughs> movie's marketing. <laughs> I, I I don't remember ever hearing that, but who knows if it was maybe the first one they went with. But it's obviously one that no one remembers. Well, it's funny because the poster that IMDb has... For this movie, Ghostbusters, has right at the top, we're ready to believe you, which is also one of the taglines. That's one I don't really remember either. That feels more like a UFO movie. No, because like they say it in the commercial. No, I remember the next two that are on this list, if they're separate from each other. Yeah. And that, who are you going to call? Well, they actually had on there, who are you going to call, question mark, Ghostbusters, exclamation point, which is the full one, but... I felt like I didn't need to put that on here. And then they ain't afraid of no ghosts. Yeah, they are not afraid of any ghosts. Well, maybe, maybe Peter. Now, Chuck, if I'm not mistaken, no, they're all pretty afraid of many of these ghosts, especially <laughs> at first. Like, get it. They, they go on a little run where we don't see what their reactions to the ghosts are, but they're all pretty afraid of ghosts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe you can determine that when you hear the trailer for... Ghostbusters. Ghosts. Hello, Ghostbusters. They're real. You do? You have? They're here. Ghostbusters. Hey, anybody see a ghost? They catch the ghost that won't stay dead. They're armed. They're dangerous. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. All right, that's bad. Okay, all right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. They're professionals. Oh, I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. You see it? They're all that stands between you and the end of the world. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Real wrath of God type stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Your girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. You want this body? Is this a trick question? Got your stick? Hold! Him up! Smoke it! Make him hard! Ready! Ghostbusters. 
starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis. Coming to save the world. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. We came, we saw, we kicked it. And we are back again. Yeah, we're back. And uh, just want to let you guys know that if you're new to the show, we're going to talk about everything. Or at least we mean to. But we are, I mean, I mean, I am a humble host. I assume that our special guest host, uh, Johnny Spade, is humble. I mean, I always thought he was a pretty humble guy. Uh, so I'm going to go out there and say that, you know, we're, we're humble. JT, he's, I don't know. How many times have I asked you, how many times have I asked you just not to talk about it? At this point, I feel like you're just purposely being disrespectful to me. And I don't appreciate it. So let's just not talk about it. Yeah, it doesn't sound humble. (laughs) He's humble and ready to rumble. That's Johnny Spade right there. Humble and ready to rumble. That's the tagline for this episode. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, we're going to offer you guys a warning. Uh, a three-second warning. It'll be counting down from three to one. And then, you know, after that, there's no rules on whether or not we're going to spoil it. There's no no bars are going to be held. What's, what's not going to be what now? No holds barred. There we there go. There we go. Okay. I fucked it up, but... No, I, I just didn't else? hear what you said. I didn't hear what you said, which is I said no bars are going to be held. And that That's fine. Correct. It's good, though. <laughs> it's a case of spontaneity. Spotnuity. Is that a wrestling thing? No holds barred. Yeah, because I just thought about it. I've never thought about like the phrase. Like I knew what it was, but I actually just thought about it word for word. I'm like, wait a minute, is that just wrestling? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have a lot of re- wrestling comments on or like comments on the show. Well, no holds barred. I think is a term that exists and existed outside of professional wrestling, but it's definitely a style of match within professional wrestling, and it's definitely a movie with Hulk Hogan in it. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I I would say that that's a term that's applied to any kind of fight for as long as organized fighting has existed. Maybe. No holds barred. I never thought about it. I was like, what the fuck is no holds barred? And I was like, no holds (laughs) barred. I was like, wait... (laughs) It's, it's a set of words that you always hear together. Yeah. You don't necessarily think about when you break down to literally what it is. It means you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You want to punch a guy in the dick? You can do it. That's not a hold, though. Everything's a hold. And here's the point that we're trying to drive at. Well, there's no bars held here at 50 Randy Quaid's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, it's basically just our fun way of saying we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. Also, Ghostbusters came out in 1984. Uh, The 40-year anniversary of this movie is coming up very soon. And I suggest that if you have not seen Ghostbusters, you should see it. I'm I'm going into this with the same mindset as I did Hook. And I will probably a number of other picks that we have this year. You've probably seen this. And if you haven't, that's your fucking problem. Go watch it right now. Okay, so here is that countdown. Three, two, one. Four dudes successfully bust a lot of ghosts. Saving the world. Yeah, there is an apocalypse that Gozer is trying to fucking bring about. Or a New York apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, they talk about it as if it's the biblical apocalypse. It maybe just begins in New York, which would make sense. Stay Puff Marshmallow Man going to... Walk around the world. Uh, that's what Gozer had to try and make happen. I want to see happen. a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man fight Kong and Godzilla. They need to put him in that universe. Oh my god. Sign me up for that. That'd be I interesting. I'd want to see Godzilla and King Kong double team the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and make him turn into a gigantic city cum splash. <laughs> Just like what happened here, but with the power of Godzilla and the force of King Kong involved. They could like impale him on the Empire State Building. <laughs> and then Godzilla shoots the fucking like nuclear breath right at him. Dude, what if it just made him like he puffed up and got bigger and like green from the nuclear blast? And was 
Then you get fucking super stay like nuclear stay puff. Yeah. That's how that's how he becomes the apocalypse. He gets granted nuclear powers by Godzilla. We got ourselves a movie, boys. <laughs> that would be fucking cool. Oh. All right, so you guys didn't know already. Right, this is an action comedy fantasy movie. None of that fantasy happened. Like that kind of happened in the spoiler section, but trust us, Godzilla and King Kong did not show up here. Wasn't Dan Aykroyd's original version of this way more far fetched than what the movie is? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had to tone it down. It wasn't until like nothing. It wasn't until nothing but trouble came along after the success of Ghostbusters that he had to do whatever he wanted, and that failed miserably. So it's probably oh, a good it was a great thing. movie. It's just like. Ah, it's a fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a better, trouble. better way to. Yeah, explain if it. you want to see, if you want to see Dan Aykroyd with a prosthetic penis for a nose, that's the movie for you. If you want to see John Candy play like uh, two people, one of them a woman, this movie's for you. If you want to see Tupac in Digital Underground, this is the movie for you. But none of this has to do with Ghostbusters. But it's probably good if that's an indication of what Dan Aykroyd no holds barred is that Ghostbusters had some bars held. Yeah, uh, probably. You're probably true on that. This movie was rated PG, and we kind of all agreed that by today's rating stance, this movie would actually be rated PG-13. I just want to get this out of the way right here. Here's the language in a PG movie. And generally, you can get away with a couple of cuss words. Sure, right? We get, what an asshole. Dickless. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. I've seen shit that'll turn you white. Prehistoric bitch. And aw shit. Plus a whole bunch of smoking, which you would never see in a PG thing now. And yeah, true. one special sexual thing that I'll save for the discussion later. But nevertheless, this movie debuted at number one June 8th, 1984 for $13.5 million its opening weekend. You got powerhouses involved in this too, though, in terms of the talent on screen and writer or director Ivan Reitman. Like, that's yeah. Caddyshack. That's Animal House. Like, that's coming off of all these big hits and people that he's worked with on those movies. Like... This is going to do well on top of being good. It had all that going for it. Yes, I agree with that 100%. And there's uh, some star power in the top five altogether. I mean, we already mentioned Ghostbusters. But this is also uh, the debuting weekend for the number two Gremlins for $12.5 million. Those movies debuted on the same day or weekend? gremlins is a fucking classic yeah and number three indiana jones and the temple of doom and it's third week for 12 million dollars i didn't realize when i was talking about watching raiders of the lost ark off tape earlier that that was on the list which is crazy because it's only one and a half million away from tying fucking ghostbusters and it's third week indiana jones had some fucking staying power again another all-time classic though uh, number four, Star Trek three, Search for Spock at $9.6 million in its second week. And a movie I had never heard of, number five, Beach Street, five, $5.2 million, brand new movie. But, I mean, it was number five. I don't know what the fuck it is. What do you think it is? Straight off the cuff. Like Johnny Depp's in that movie, like 21 Jump Street. Is he making beats? Fresh beats for rappers to rap to? I don't know if that was a mainstream thing calling shit beats back then. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Johnny Depp was doing anything well, yeah, I don't in think Johnny Depp either, either, but that's just what it makes me think. Man, I don't know. I'm going to say it's about like street fights, a whole bunch of street gangs like West Side Story except like it's way gory. A super violent West, West Side, Side Story. West Side Gory? <laughs> oh yes. Oh my god, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> And this movie, uh, Ghostbusters, had an estimated $30 million budget, right? So in all foreign lands, it's estimated that Ghostbusters brought in $53 million, already making a profit of $23 million versus its budget. That doesn't count anything that it made domestically, which was over 
243 million dollars he has a lot of money this movie made stupid fucking money yeah. all for good reason i mean it's a fantastic movie and it deserves all the money it's made it's just insane to think that that's how much money this movie made well think about just the franchise itself because i think two comes out three years later in 87 and then you've got the cartoon and I don't remember what years that ran for, but that was a big deal. Especially, this is all happening while we're little. Like, this movie came out before I was born. But yeah. it was, Ghostbusters were still a huge part of my life as a little kid. I so mean, it stuck I have, around. I have Ghostbusters tattoos, and this movie came out before I was born. Well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it was as we were kids, just because it was a year before, and there was a sequel that came out afterwards, and the cartoon and all that. Like, this was right in line with, like, Ninja Turtles, and... Well, I mean, like, me, and that's what I'm saying, like... For me, like, Thundercats and shit like that, like, Think formative. of all the movies that we watched as children that were considered, like, family classic movies. Like, this is one of them. And it's definitely got a lot of things where it's like, ah, it's questionable on whether or not this is like a kid's movie. No, it's a kid's movie. I'd let my kid watch it. They I mean, I'd let get... my kids watch this too, but I don't have kids, so. They wouldn't get half the shit that is adult anyway, and that's the whole point. Yeah, if they do, I understand if, that. If they do get it, then they've already learned it somewhere else anyway, so who cares? It's not my problem at that point. They're going <laughs> to learn that shit eventually. Maybe this is why I don't have kids. <laughs> Maybe One this is why reasons. we all don't have kids. But, uh, yeah, so Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis both wrote this screenplay for this movie that we already said uh, Ivan Reitman directed. Reitman. Reitman. Bad at names, man. This movie stars Bill Murray as uh, Dr. Peter Venkman, Dan Aykroyd as Dr. Raymond Stance, Sigourney Weaver as Dana Barrett, Harold Ramis as Dr. Egon Spangler. No, go back to talking like Janine. <laughs> uh rick moranis is lewis tully and ernie hudson winston zettimore so i just want to say this about rick moranis in this movie it's been a while since i've watched this but i've seen a number of things that andy samberg is in and holy shit if andy samberg isn't channeling rick moran in this in this movie in so many roles that he plays like, it's just like he's channeling that same energy and so many... I don't remember if his, his spot on Parks and Rec where he's the, like, park ranger where he can't stop yelling. Well, take Lewis Tully and make him yell all the time, and it's the same fucking character. <laughs> uh, Rick Moranis is great. I love Rick Moranis. I'm, I'm not knocking either of those guys. It's just, it was a funny thing that I had with the way that Rick Moranis was playing this character. It just made me think, like, Andy Samberg studied this character... And used it a lot when he became a famous comedian. So props to Rick Moranis for being the original. Although, who's Rick Moranis ripping off? I don't know, man. I'm not a fucking film scholar. No, man. You're just a podcast host. I barely do that well. All right. So this movie starts up with that iconic opening library scene, right? We all know which one I'm talking about. Where the ladies down there in the library. Bro, check it. Here's where my well is poisoned by all this Dawson's Creek. Because the first thing I thought of was, oh, what about that season five episode, Four Scary Stories, where Joey Roundhouse kicks the rapist in the face? And then I'm like, why am I thinking about Dawson's Creek while I'm watching Ghostbusters? That's stupid. No idea. That's stupid. I didn't think about Dawson's Creek until you just brought it up i didn't anymore after this scene but something about the library setup just made me call back to that episode and i was like god damn it i was thinking about how massive this fucking library is you ever been in a library that big i don't think so there's big libraries out there i'm sure there are i always just <laughs> think that they're pretty insanely massive it's a lot of books man i mean that's a pretty stellar and exquisite looking library because they're using it to film a movie in and i've seen that library in a lot of other movies there's so many locations in this movie that have been it's new york so yeah. you know there was one shot specifically when rick moranis is running away from tavern on the green and he jumps like into central park later when he's running away from the hell dog or whatever yeah i was like that's the exact wall that Raphael jumps over when he's chasing casey jones and teenage ninja turtles they take like the exact same shot of that exact same wall. So what if that that's movie. the same universe? Everything is the same universe. I guess it is. It's all in our universe. They're just movies. That's not even how I mean that. There's a theory about it. Look it up. The internet can tell you better than I can. 
<laughs> All right. So and after this old lady gets scared by the ghost that we actually see, which is pretty sweet. We see the ghost a little bit later. That is it goes to Peter with the cards and zapping that guy. And so like even when the guy gets the card right, he still zaps him. Right. And then like the kid, the kid gets like frustrated and he fucking walks out of there and he's like, you keep the five bucks. Like, that's insane. $5 for all that torture? 1984, though. Do the conversion. That's probably a decent day's pay. Nah, it's like 20 bucks now. Ah, I guarantee you it's more than that. Didn't he say they had like 75 more cards to go or something? Yes, so maybe it wouldn't be worth it if he's going to shock you 75 more times. Yeah. And that girl is, like, saying anything and basically, like, well, Peter's just trying to bang her. Like, he's trying to just bang Dana later. But then when he has the opportunity to do it, he doesn't. But that's because she's possessed and it's, like, props. Yeah, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be having sex with Dana. That'd be having sex with a demon possessing Dana. And it would Zool. probably chomp your penis off. Yeah, unless you're the key master. He is not the key master. He I know, I'm just a, saying, unless you are the key master. He's a dirtbag. He definitely dirt seemed kind of slimy. And it was funny how Dana kept on, like, calling him out for it, too. She's like, you're a lot more like a game show host. That's a classy woman, though. She plays... I don't remember what instrument in a fucking orchestra. She's like top of her fucking field in that regard. Like she's living the high life in Upper West, whatever the fuck, Central Park or some shit. She's not even have to date a slime ball who's not even attractive in Peter Bankman. Like that's what's on. funny is like at the end of the movie when they're like, you know, they get together. I was thinking about it like he didn't do anything to like win her over, you know. He wasn't charming or anything like that. And the funny thing is that kiss at the end almost seemed like like he was backing her into a corner. She was like, "Ah, I'll just kiss this guy." Oh, she's got a she's wearing a crown of Stay Puff marshmallow jizz on top of her head too. So like, it's just a bad scenario for Dana. Yeah, it doesn't get better for her after this movie either. Really? No, 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 no. Does not. Well, it kind of does, I guess. So was she banging the? The guy that was in the orchestra with her? Is that the guy that she gets married to? It's not the take. I don't know, honestly. I I don't think it's him. Because the guy's off screen in in Ghostbusters 2, so... I, they didn't make it seem like those two had any sort of sexual chemistry. No, I mean, they didn't, but they did say that the person that she was banging in the second one was like... uh. An instrument guy, right? I don't remember. I haven't seen him in a while. In, 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 an instrument guy. In <laughs> in what capacity? Like, hey man, he back an off. Instrument? I'm a scientist. Like, he played an instrument. You mean? Yeah, yeah. He's an instrument guy. He plays with. There them. could be there could be like 80 people in that orchestra or more. So it doesn't have to be that weird guy. Yeah, he flutes them, man. Everybody in this movie is an instrument guy. Like they got the proton packs and like all their Touché. instruments. Touche. I don't know what those things were. Janine's instruments, the telephone. I thought it was interesting. So when they go back to the library, or not back, but when we go back to the library as viewers and the Ghostbusters go there for the first time as their like first official like time that they see a ghost, uh, right before they see it, Ray's all like, listen, do you smell that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. I thought that was fucking funny. I didn't catch that at all. Right after this, they get fired from the university, and then they uh Ray is convinced by Peter. Peter, the fucking snake oil sa- salesman, the fucking huckster extreme. He's like he's like, "Hey man, we should start our own fucking paranormal service." So get a third- all based off the one line kid you not that egon proposes where he's all like oh yeah he's like based on these preliminary numbers you know we could probably store these ghosts if we could catch them somehow pete's like oh shit we could turn this into a money-making endeavor he talks ray into having apparently up to three mortgages on his childhood home and egon does the math and he's like the interest from one year alone is going to be ninety five thousand dollars the interest in 1984, what was that interest rate? Had to have been like 50%. I thought he said it was 19, wasn't it? He said 19% and you didn't even negotiate. Oh, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. He did say that. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Well, it's insane. But after, but once they start hunting, Ray is in. Because they find the fucking old 
fire station. Oh, or yeah. Whatever. This pole still work? <laughs> yeah, and Egon's all like, this place should be condemned. My mind was blown by that question. Does this pole still work? I'm like, it's a pole, man. Of course, like, look at it. Of course it still works. How could it not work? Well, I mean, he could slide down and it could, like, break or fall or something, right? It would still work. <laughs> You'd still get to the ground. Dude, I want to see the bills that they're giving. Like, if you had a fucking ghost runner on your house and you call the Ghostbusters, how much are they going to charge you if they're fucking paying off this huge-ass fucking loan? Well, they had five grand for the hotel. They probably set a pretty steep rate because they these paranormal things are actually happening and people are getting fucking freaked out. So I'm sure they're willing to pay whatever. They might complain about it, but who else oh, can I'm get sure the ghost out of your house? Oh, I'm sure a lot of things would go to court. Like that one in the hotel, that's going to court. Charging because of all grand, the, but they destroyed the shit out of because that place. Because they, yeah, they beat the fuck out of that place. Dude, there's this uh, YouTube lawyer I watch sometimes called Legal Eagle, and sometimes he'll do movies. He'll, he's done like Home Alone and showing you like what legally would have happened in this scenario. I want to see him do Ghostbusters. <laughs> Not good. So did you notice when we cut to Dana's apartment for the first time, when the eggs are cooking on the counter, she has a bag of Stay Puft marshmallows? Yep. Yeah, I think that might have been the first time I actually noticed that. Ooh, baby, big time foreshadowing. That's going to come back later, and you have no idea why. Oh, yeah. And then um, when they look in the uh, when Pete comes to the apartment later and they look inside of the refrigerator, all that plate like that product placement. Oh, dude, there was Cheez-Its. There was like one air water, Smucker's jam, uh, two different cans of Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah. It was everywhere. Well, that's how you pay off some of your 30 million dollar budget or at least decrease your budget. Is by fucking doing that. Because then Coca-Cola is going to throw you some money to make a movie. So here's what I'm thinking though. So imagine you get home one day, right? And you had a day. Whatever your day was. But you're glad to be home. And you got some groceries to unpack. And all of a sudden, your fucking eggs start exploding everywhere. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? But that's not enough. Then you open up your fridge. And there's a fucking like portal into this weird ass like purple clouded pyramid dimension with two wild looking orc dogs in there. One of them starts talking to you. Just imagine having that be your afternoon tomorrow. What the fuck would you do? I would leave the apartment and not go back. She does that for two days, but she had the Ghostbusters to run to. We don't have the Ghostbusters to run to. What do you? No, do? I just wouldn't go back. What if it happened I'd and you get to your home right now? You, where would you go? What would you do? I'd not come back here after I... I don't know. I guess I'd try to get someone to come with me and get all my shit out and then be gone, find a new place to live. But, yeah, it'd be some shit I wouldn't want to fuck with. Duck John, are you going to go through the door? Are you going to try to run from the door? Are you going to stay home? What's your strategy? I don't know. I think... Might think you're crazy. I don't know. I don't have to tell him exactly why I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm just bolting. That would be the hardest part for me, though, is figuring out, like, is, is that real? Or did I finally just lose my mind? And what do I do either way? I don't know. I think I would just sit tight, kind of like she does. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely not just sitting tight. I think I'd leave. If fucking eggs start cracking and cooking and there's, like, some fucking crazy ass dogs in my fridge i'm out of there (laughs) yeah because that's foreshadowing too to the end of the movie i'm okay with the eggs popping and cracking but the dogs the the dogs might be a bit much yeah that first gig at the um the hotel like the first real gig like that comes at a time too where they are crunched for cash and totally inexperienced because they're running around doing all this damage that you're talking about, Duck John and fucking Chuck, just Johnny Spade and fucking Chuck, just fucking this hotel up, spraying these lasers everywhere. And it isn't until they come to like the final battle that Econ's like, oh yeah, by the way, guys, don't cross the streams because it might like unravel the universe. Like you couldn't have said something about that a whole hotel's damage worth ago. Like, on the elevator ride up to the 12th floor? When you're leaving the station, the first time you show the guys the packs, like, any other time besides after you've already destroyed an entire building. Yeah. That seemed like a big oversight on my part. And Egon is not the guy who makes those kind of mistakes. That was a funny part, though, when Bill Murray was like, good safety tip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 
they definitely, I feel like, used it for the comedy and to set it up as the well, ending thing, too. Oh, I know exactly why they did it. It just felt like a gigantic oversight for him to make. But you got the dirtbag Peter Vankman there to fucking make the smart-ass quip, and everyone laughs, and it's all good. I, get, I mean, I get it. There's a lot of little oversights like that throughout the movie that i believe that most people just look at them as whatever because it's a comedy i'm not even calling it but, an no i i agree to bring it up because it's no it's but, uh, but what i'm saying is i'm not even calling it an oversight i'm just saying it seems like something un egon spangler like to do that doesn't mean it's wrong people make fucking mistakes all the time yeah i agree it's just it just felt weird, and it's like you said, it's for the comedy. I get that. It just kind of stood out to me this time around. But yeah, I thought it was funny, like like you're saying, how they used this as kind of their, all right, well, we're training still. And it's like, like they didn't even really know what to charge them. Like, Peter's looking at uh, Egon, and Egon's like putting fingers up, and he's like, he's like, yeah, it's going to cost four, four big ones, $4,000 for for this but we know we got a deal so it's only going to be an extra thousand for this so you know five thousand total and the guys are like well i'm not gonna pay and was like fine we'll just put the ghost back in he's like no 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 no, i'll pay i'll pay i'll pay yeah that's called extortion i don't think you can do that that's what popped in my head though when when he said i won't pay i'm like do you own this hotel like (laughs) that money's not coming out of your yeah i don't see why he wouldn't pay for it on principle that just seems like a stupid thing to do. People do a lot of stupid things. I agree. Uh, and then right after that, we get a ghost fever montage where it <laughs> just kind of shows how there's a literal ghost, a literal ghost fever in New York, and they are literally running all over the place. See, I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see like more fucking cases that they're investigating ghosts are busting that's what the cartoon series is for but no you're right like to go in and show the different ghosts that they're fucking extracting from these places but instead they just show them running down the streets in new york with active traps full of those ghosts so we get a lot of running they're called well and like they they showed that in some of them too like that their techniques are getting a lot better with some of the little things that they're showing like the jewelry store one where like all the jewelry's hanging up or is that in the second one that happened in this one right i don't remember i don't either you know the thing about this montage though was they had some big names and larry king yep and casey Kasem. Yep. Yeah. It also featured the most sexually explicit act of the whole movie. Yes. Yes. The ghost blowjob where oh, yeah. Ray Stance gets uh, a blowjob from a ghost. Or at least he does in a dream. That's the one thing I could see a kid turning to their parent and going, what's happening there? And being like, ah, well, just like you used to do, child, Ray Stance has shit his pants. And the ghost is there to change them. He's having a nightmare. Yeah, I heard an interview with Dan Aykroyd. He said that he actually had sex with a ghost. Oh, and he's seen a whole bunch of UFOs too. Like Dan Aykroyd's in the shit. Like he's that's why he wrote this movie. They named Gozer Gozer from an actual haunting from the UK is the name of like a demon that said it was in the house. So like it was also kind of rooted in, you could call it pseudo science or pseudo religion or whatever the fuck, but like he did his research for this script. Uh, and then we get the introduction of the fourth Ghostbuster, Winston. And uh, they, he like comes in for an interview and, uh, Janine's all like running down all these things. He's like, man, I believe whatever the fuck you want if it's a steady paying job. Did do you th- how many other people came in before him in the interview? Do you think any, or was he the first? I assume he's probably the first. Yeah, because they hired him immediately. Like we just need. Someone. Yeah, they just looked at him and was like, hey, beautiful, you're hired. Yeah, because they're like they're like, dude, we've been working non fucking stop. Like this is crazy. Like Pete even says something to Ray where he's like, he's like, you don't look good. Ray's like, I don't. He's like, no, you look better. <laughs> You've never looked like this before. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Pete, like, arranges himself, like, a date with Dana? Yeah, 
he kind of worms his way in by being charming because he can be charming or he's um wh- whose line is it in is it in the office or it's andy bernard who's like yeah my strategy is just wear him down yeah that's essentially what peter vankman's going for here too like if i just keep showing up outside of her place unannounced eventually i'll win her over but he does show up with news about zool he's like i got some updates for you so it's not like just out of nowhere no yeah he's got a reason to be there at least so it's not real creepy but that's how he sets up the little date with her and ends up over at her place and things go yeah yeah things happen they escalate very south (laughs) but that's uh like right like in between that dana gets possessed right by zool hands coming out from her chair yeah when she notices it and it's too late she's like oh shit and it looks like she's about to get the fuck out of there and those hands pop out and they're all like ah and they're grabbing her and shit that's the thing about this movie is it definitely has a lot of true horror movie type of elements in it it definitely goes for jump scares and the practical effects that they use are very horror world based as well like is it more fantasy movie than a horror movie absolutely in in its tone because it's a comedy but it's also yeah very much in the family of horror movies in my mind even some of the music too like the intro and the library that shit was spooky mm-hmm. and then so dana gets possessed at the same time that lewis is having this party for all of his fucking uh customers and dude like his character is hilarious because he's just like oh here's these two people coming in and this is how much the money they owe on their house and this is what they they make a year and it's like oh like welcome room to the party We're like what the fuck yeah he's an accountant yeah i i know but still what the fuck no we didn't say for, for the audience who want to know why he'd be divulging that information if they haven't if they haven't seen ghostbusters i know i told them to fuck off and go watch the movie but i'm still gonna fill them in here you want to come in for a mineral water mineral water yeah you know i always got these healthy snacks mineral water and pistachios and some dried sliced peaches that's what i can offer you you know you really shouldn't keep your tv on so loud when you leave (laughs) you know what i did is i turned mine up (laughs) yeah i tried to climb out on the ledge and disconnect your cable (laughs) <laughs> what yeah that's a weird weird guy and it's uh funny when he throws those coats into his room and they land on the demon he's like who brought oh, the yeah. dog yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> who brought the dog <laughs> he's like running the fuck out of there he's like he's like oh my god there's a bear in my apartment there's a bear in my apartment well that's where he ends up getting chased and running in the central park and he Passes by Raphael and fucking Casey Jones running by the same yeah. wall. And he ends up getting possessed by this fucking demon dog. I love the doorman outside of the place, too, where he's talking to somebody. He's like, there's a bear in his apartment. <laughs> yeah, he's, all like, he's like, they said there's a bear in his apartment. And then when fucking Pete comes there later and he's talking to the guy, the guy, like, it's a cop or something like that. He's like, he's like yeah, some asshole brought a cougar to a party and it went crazy. Like, What? Who's bringing a fucking cougar to a party? How are you even doing that? I don't know, man. People have cougars. I don't know about New York, but... And then that's when Pete goes upstairs and he knocks on Dana's door and Dana's like, Are you the key master? Do you have a key for my lock, Peter? Yeah, she's basically just like, Oh, yeah, like, stick it in me. Well... If a woman ever asks you if you're a key master, you say yes. Just like if anyone asks you if you are a god, you say yes. I don't know if that's correct in either case. I probably say no in both cases, and also I leave. say yes. Yes, me if I'm the depends. Yes, me if I'm the key. If a doctor is asking me if I'm a god, I'm gonna say no. Well, <laughs> what yeah, kind of yeah, doctor? Yeah, that makes sense. What's it matter? Well, I mean, if it's a sex doctor. Well, I mean, if it's an MD. What kind? What are like? I don't know, man. It depends what kind of doctor. I tell a fucking general practitioner that I think I'm a god. What are they gonna do about it? I'm not gonna tell my psychiatrist I think I'm a fucking god. That's just trouble. It's just asking for trouble. I, I will tell like a professor doctor that I think I'm a god too because they hold no status in society as far as I'm concerned. They hold no status. <laughs> and then I could just always follow it up be like, yeah, that's what I learned from watching Ghostbusters. So things get really out of hand with fucking Demon Dana. 
And as Peter ends up putting it, he has to whack her off with about 300 cc's of Thorazine. That, I was like, I rewound it. I was like, did he just say he whacked her off? And he did. Or at least I that's what I heard it as the second time, too. Sometimes I always think, I'm going to turn on the fucking subtitles and see if that's what actually was said. And then I go, nah, I'm not doing that. See, the only thing I didn't catch the whack off part... <laughs> But the thing I took away from that scene is when he's leaving, he kisses her hand, which I'm like, all right, that's fine. When he kisses her chest, I'm like, I think it was a that's kind of weird. Either one, that fucking. I weird. didn't catch that at all. It was weird. definitely weird, very weird. Asking for trouble too. Well, I mean, it's 1984, so I'm. Times were a lot different. Because I was thinking, like, it's earlier, not acceptable, but still, she was like trying to bang him as a demon. Like he could have just. Fuck it, I'm gonna stick it in. Dude, that's he... what he even was debating oh, with himself, yeah, he did. like out loud. Never, like... never fuck a demon. But then he didn't do it. I'm like, all right, that's good guy move there. But then he kisses her like on her chest, neck area. I'm like, even, yeah. even if he is a bad guy, never fuck a demon. Just don't fuck a demon. Nothing good comes out of fucking a demon. I can assure oh, you. You know, that. dude, that might be the wildest fuck of your life. Yeah, and it's gonna end up coming back to bite you way harder than that fuck was worth. Guaranteed. Pussy's pussy, uh-huh. man. And that's the same thing to a demon as it is to a human. And to a butthole, too. Get men involved. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, never trust a demon. Never fuck a demon. Unless you're, unless you're ready to die. If you're ready to die, fuck that demon. What if you are a demon? Well, then you can fuck a demon. I think if you're going to die in that part, you're not even going to know it. Like, you'll be in the throes of ecstasy, and then boom, they're going to hit That's you. That's fine. I'm just saying be prepared for that. If you're going in that situation, be accepting. Know that that is a possible option. Be accepting of the fact that that might be coming for you. But it also might be more complicated than that. They may fucking take you down to their demon torture lair and keep you around for a couple of centuries and fucking torture you for a while. I'm not down with that. No. Part instantaneous demon death sign me up centuries of demon i don't need no bdsm Mm -hmm. going on here what if you turn me into a demon i'm down with that demons don't work like that i don't it's not like vampires i think they're just there to torture you and then they're done with you or they're just done with you yeah fuck that then i don't want to be tortured i don't think you become a demon well that's actually true because in hellraiser like they become cenobites some people do at least not familiar with the Hellraisers. The first two, at least. I mean, you can go beyond if you'd like, but the first two are very good. They're probably hard to watch now. Oh, uh, I don't think so. Really? I don't know. It's hard to watch the Nightmare and Elm Street movies. What do you mean by hard to watch? Just, like, the effects look like crap. Like, in Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, when they when he pulls somebody through the window and the door looks so bad now. Well, I mean, some of the effects <laughs> in this movie didn't look all that Yeah, great, that shit doesn't bother me. I get it. That didn't um, bother me at all. Cause, I mean, it's 1984. Is this sh- all right, so I think Hellraiser was 86 was the first one, 85 or 86. I just try to remember what year well, it even is. Even beyond that, though, like with that year, I think it does look pretty good, even if it doesn't look... Would it look better now? Yeah, of course. Special effects have come a long way in 30 years or whatever you know like i get that but i still think it looks fucking good when you take into account they made that by hand for like a thousand dollars because that's all they fucking had in their budget even like practical effects back then some of it looks better than the fucking cgi of today i like to see a lot of movies i think along the way have started to meld the two together and some of it's practical, some of it's CGI, and some of it's a combination. I agree with that. I think that's the best sort of marriage is getting something kind of more similar to that where it's more a half and half or like a 60-40. I think it's what a lot of... The thing I hate the most is like when I watch something and it's CGI blood. I'm like, why? Oh, I, th- and I hate it because you can just yeah, I fucking splatter hate some fucking blood. How hard is it? It just looks so stupid. They haven't nailed that they haven't made it look realistic enough for me to not notice and that's the problem yeah because it's easy enough to do in real life that it doesn't need to look fake yeah i agree with that and it's not like it's super cost like like it's saving a a bunch of expense maybe on cleanup i don't know that's got to be cheaper than paying someone to digitally animate blood so then we get like we already talked about we get lewis becoming the the key master and the cops kind of round him up after he's running around and they drop him off at the uh, Ghostbuster firehouse 
and Egon takes him in and is running some tests on him. And then we get Pete coming back. But all in the meantime here now, we got fucking, what was his name? William Peck? The EPA guy? Yeah, Dick Peck. I don't remember what his name was. Something like that. Dickless. Yeah, yeah, the dickless one. Uh, He comes in and he's all like, I got a, you know, I got a fucking written thing. What was it again? A warrant? A warrant. Yeah, a warrant or something. Is that what it is? Yeah. You're smiling like you're laughing. <laughs> yeah, because you're questioning whether or not you have a warrant correct. You got it. All right, I didn't know, man. I'm you know what a warrant is? Going off of memory. Of what a warrant is? No, off of what happened. Well, I don't know Janine says to him, like, you need a warrant or a writ. Yeah, and so he either way, he comes in there, he's like, I got all this shit, boom, bam, slice. And he's got a cop with him, and he's got someone from the electric company, I'm assuming. Yeah, from Con Edison instead of Com Ed. That's because Com Ed was not paying them money. No, yeah. Con Edison is for real, though, right? And so this guy's all like, he's like, shut it off. And then he's all like, hey, pencil neck, you don't tell me how to do my job. I won't tell you how to do yours or something like that. The cop yells that at the dickless guy. And then the fucking ComEd guy, he fucking goes over there and he's like, all right, man, I'm shutting this off. And he fucking turns it off and he's like, oh, fuck. And then they all go to jail. Yeah. T- take a step back, though. Like he told the cop told him to not tell him to do his job because he told the cop to shoot them in the head if they got in the way. You could shoot him. Yeah. This guy from the EPA who I'm questioning the whole time. Is this guy actually with the EPA? Are these real papers or is he just like making this up? Is he like a crazy person? That would be funny as hell to me. I think he is from the EPA. Well, I mean, but... I guess the EPA would probably be looking into him, right? No, yes. that That's what I'm saying. I don't believe that that's the case. I just thought that that would be funny. But he gets them all arrested, too. So they're all in fucking jail. And so I noticed, and we just recently saw this in High Fidelity, too. There was a guy in the jail cell with them who had a Chicago flag on the arm. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. On the arm of his leather jacket. Oh, really? I did not notice oh, that. Oh, yeah. Nice. And then, so, this is where they're talking about Dana's apartment building and how uh, some mad scientists actually made it. And it's, like, the perfect setup for a portal to, like, another dimension so that they can bring up the end of the world. And every inmate in there is just fascinated. Paying attention to what they're saying. It's like, man, this is interesting as fuck. Well, then fucking Carl Winslow comes up, and he's like, yes. y'all are free. Yeah, yeah. So, Dude, why does he play a cop in, like, everything? He is Carl Winslow here. He was a cop in Die Hard. He's just Carl Winslow in he everything. He was a cop in another there's, movie. There's an, look it I'm up. Blanking. Look it up. There's another Die Hard, Family Matters, and this is what I know. But there's a theory, if you look Google this, too, because it's smarter than I am, that every Carl Winslow, <laughs> I'm just going to call him Carl Winslow because it's easier, every character is the same person. And it tells the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense to me. Tells the story of like his life and then eventually settling down in Chicago with his family or whatever. I like that. That makes sense to me. Well, you got him in New York here. You got him in fucking L.A. in Die Hard. And then you got him in Chicago in Family Matters. Yeah. So he's running from something. Here, he's running from the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. And Gozer blowing up all over his city. He's like, fuck this shit. So he goes, transfer LA, out to he's LA. Terrorists. Transfer out to LA. And then, yeah, then there's a terrorist fucking thing going on at Nakatomi Plaza. And he's like, what the fuck is going on here? I can't be involved in this shit. Then he goes to Chicago. And now, you know what he's cursed with? Steve Urkel. Urkel. <laughs> but that's when uh, Lewis and Dana go up to the roof. And we don't see what happens, but it is implicated. No, it is implied that they fuck when they cut back and we see them like laying on this like stone slab and who the key master Lewis and the gatekeeper? Is, oh, they, yeah, de- they and, definitely had a spectral shag. There's no doubt about it. And fucking Lewis's belt is like undone on his pants. Do you think that was more sexual innuendo, the key master and the gatekeeper? Again, oh, I mean, no, it's def- that's shit, definitely more sexual. The shit that, like, a five or a seven-year-old isn't going to go, ooh, a gate and a key, like, yeah, but an adult is going to yeah, go... Yeah, let me stick my fucking key. But an adult is going to go, yeah, okay, I get the implication of a gate and a key, you know, like, I, I see that. And that's why <laughs> it's perfect. Nowadays, I would consider that PG-13 humor, probably, because it's riding that line, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, well, because, I mean, it's, it's whether or not a 13-year-old is going to 
understand that, I guess. Who really cares is my answer. Let them watch whatever they want. Who gives a yeah, shit? Yeah, because par- parental guidance until the kid is 13 I, is what all I'm saying, the PG-13 movie, movie, movie all, means. All right? I'm saying is this. I have watched a whole bunch of shit before I should have seen a whole bunch of shit, and I turned out fine. So it's no, oh, yeah. it's, no it's no problem. I'm not emotionally crippled in any way. So after the Ghostbusters get out of prison from the mayor and because like the mayor, like they basically break it down to like this. He's like, because the mayor's like, why should I fucking let you out? And he's all like, listen here. He's like, he's like, you let us out. We'll fucking take care of this shit. Right. He's like, because shit's about to happen. Yeah. Dickless over here just released all these fucking spirit energies into the fucking world. And they're conspiring to bring the apocalypse down on us. Can you stop that? He's like, if something doesn't happen, then yeah, man, we'll go back to prison. We'll like it. We'll smile. We we found a whole bunch of buddies who like listening to us talk. He's like, as long as we can still psycho babble, yeah, it'll be great. Psycho babble. Did you pick that up from Dawson's Creek? They no. said it in that show a bunch. Oh, oh yeah. did they? Maybe I did get it from there. Sorry, my mind is just dragged back there. We're on 37 episodes now, or whatever it is by the time this comes out. 40? Who knows? So, anyhow, when the Ghostbusters roll up, they got the National Guard escort. Dude, New, New York New York City wants to slob their knob. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's, like, an earthquake that we presume is because of the paranormal activity. Oh, baby, activity. that's a demon quake for sure. That's Gozer, the bulldozer. And it's, like, it's funny watching it now because it's, like, you can tell that that's, like, all set up to do exactly what it did, that little section of area. But it still looks really cool. And, like, talking about it right now, it makes me think of, like, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, 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 I yeah, had, yeah, yeah. I had the thought about it while I was watching, and it's funny that you bring that up, that, yeah, oh, dude, it's so obvious that this was a set that they constructed to make those very exact maneuvers, and they ran that a number of times before they actually filmed it for real to make sure it worked right. But what I liked about that more than what you would have seen and what today would have been done in CGI, it would have looked fine. I wouldn't complain about that now. Like, this isn't the kind of CGI that would have bothered me but the personality that this kind of destruction had over the very controlled cgi just made it feel cooler to me yeah well it's it just seems more i don't want to say authentic because no, that's not even the it. cgi looks better now but it just had like i guess the old school feel because like this is almost four I guess years for old for me like and i don't mind i'm not like an anti-cgi guy i'm fine with it but i like seeing what someone can do practically with their hands and tools available to them in their mind, I guess. Like, that's important, too. Then I would see what someone can sit down and do on a computer. I'd prefer to see anything done practically, if possible. But I'm okay. You have to be okay with all the digital shit. It's been around for as yeah. long as I've been alive. Like, almost. Well, it's funny, because here's the thing I thought about with this movie, and almost all New York movies, because you get a good old shot of the Twin Towers at one point. At this point, I've lived more of my life with the Twin Towers not existing than them existing. So it's almost weird at this point, and maybe has been, but just to see it at all in a movie. Because anything that's been made after 2001 that wasn't meant to be before that date just hasn't had it in it. So most New York most New yeah. York movies I've seen don't have the Twin Towers. So watching old movies has always felt weird for a lot of reasons, but now it's almost weird just because it hasn't been there for 19, 20 years. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I heard something the other day that uh, I guess it's canon in the Muppets that Kermit had something to do with the Twin Towers disappearing. Because I guess in 2002 there was like a Muppet show or something that came out and they didn't edit out the Twin Towers. And then the next scene, like, the Twin Towers are gone. I guess there's, like, a whole Reddit about it. That's the thing. Check. Go to Google. Check it out. It can tell you better than we can. Look up the everything is the same universe theory. Look up the Carl Winslow theory. Look up the Kermit did 9-11 theory. Dude, I might watch Family Matters when I go home now. What's that streaming on? Netflix? I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up. Somewhere. Are we up on the roof of this yet? Are we ready to like start battling Gozer? Oh, yeah. We are definitely coming to the big climax of this movie. Can I movie. ask you a question? When, when Ray yes. Stance is talking about Stay Puffed Marshmallows and why that came into his mind and how we ended up with a with one of those, did he say that his family went to Camp Wakanda? Yes, he yes. did. Okay. Yes, I just wanted to make sure. And uh, so this is where Gozer doesn't really fight them, but 
transforms into the state to puff marshmallow man so they can uh face the destroyer like here's here's my thought on that if you're fucking if what you do as a demon who's come to destroy the world is turn in to the thought of what this person thinks would be the apocalypse if they know that knowledge going into it that's you are a useless tool of the apocalypse because i'll just turn you into a fucking cinnamon and guacamole potato chip and i'll fucking eat your ass yeah well i mean like the, couldn't they have eaten the marshmallow I mean, man that's what I thought. Didn't I say that? Like, yeah. I want to take a he bite out really of him. He was really big. But after he turned into a fucking gigantic semen explosion, you could have eaten him. I love the fucking face change. Like, when he was like, his face was heating up and just like, oh, oh yeah. Practical that was cool. shit, man. But that's when they bring that back and we see Egon say, hey, the only way to beat this guy is we're going to have to cross the streams. He's like, there's a slight chance that we could live. Just slip chance. <laughs> so but he's like it's better than the zero chance uh when we die from a big marshmallow man and then they're all like saying their goodbyes to each other when they start to do it yeah i i liked that i thought that was cool it made it feel genuine like that there was an actual chance that they might not survive it well they already almost got blown off the ledge of that building once man it's dangerous up there yeah fucking the gatekeeper and the key master have been turned into fucking devil dogs and maybe they might even be stoned by this point. No, that happens after the defeat, after the streams are crossed. Yeah. And then they break them out of the stone after they, you know, they cross the streams and it blows up the, the portal. And fucking like you were saying, there's the big explosion of uh, white Stay stuff. Stay puff marshmallow come. And then it's just kind of like the, the wrap up, you know, it shows them trying to leave in the Ghostbuster mobile where there's just like hundreds of They're people. They're trying to pat them on the butt like coaches in a baseball game. Good job, boys. Good yeah, job. Exactly like that. They ride off into the sunset. Except for Lewis doesn't get to ride off. No, he has to go to like the medical tent, basically. Yeah, they're like, like, no, nah, man, I want to ride in the car. Nah, they're like, nah, Janine. interview me? Janine gets to go with because she's killing it. Fucking Dana gets to go with because she's killing it. And then the rest are fucking Ghostbusters. So, Lewis, you can go to the hospital. And figure out what's wrong with your life. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much when we cut to credits and the movie end. What was the last thing he said? What, the last thing? Yeah, we were watching it, and they just, there's the last line, and you're like, and the movie ends with that. Oh, uh, I guess it wasn't technically the last line, because I think they said some more things. But it was, like, one of the last lines where uh, Winston is like, I love this town! That was definitely one of the last ones. Yeah, and I was just like, that's crazy that this is one of the last lines of the movie. Why not, dude? It's New York. People get... Oh, we've talked about this on 50 Year Equates before. People, get, People hard. get hard as hell for New York. New Yorkers love New York more than anyone loves anything, I feel like, and it baffles me. I love New York, too. I've been there twice only, well, and it's I do. Funny I love it. People, but... I feel like people from la hate la most people quote unquote from la aren't from la you gotta talk about people who are actually from la and i don't know how much they hate it like the people you hear complaining about are people who migrated there and have failed at succeeding at their dream yes that's true i guess i don't know i don't really know any people from. i know full full speculation baby i don't fuck with la all right, so this is the point of the podcast where we are going to rate Ghostbusters on a scale of 1 to 50 Randy Quaid's, where 1 is the absolute worst, 50 is the absolute best, and 2 to 49, literally anything in between. Anything. IMDb rates Ghostbusters 39 out of a possible 50 Randy Quaid's. That's really high for IMDb, I'd like to point out. We rarely see anything that touches a 40 on an IMDb rating. And this one's, yeah, yeah, it gets pretty rare. This one's sniffing at it. I didn't happen to see that it's a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, okay. But uh, who would like to go first for this one? It's your pick. Do you want to go last? I mean, I generally go last on most of uh, Fitcherani Quids, but I can go first. I don't even give a fuck. Oh. I'm going to give this a straight up perfect 50 out of 50 Randy Quaid's. Uh, this movie is one of my absolute all-time favorite movies. I have uh, about, I don't know, like half sleeve, I guess. Partial sleeve dedicated to it. Uh, oh, enough. So, a, a decent chunk of skin. I got Yeah, I got a decent amount of tattoos that reference the movie ghostbusters and ghostbusters 2 i guess technically uh but yeah i love this movie watch it as a i watched it as a young 
child throughout the majority of my life. Own it on Blu-ray, DVD. I think I had it on VHS back in the day. Probably did. Don't know. Don't care anymore. Don't have a VHS player. So couldn't watch even if I had it. But yeah, uh, own it if you can. Watch it if you must. <laughs> if you must. I mean, I... I yeah, if like you haven't seen it and like you must watch it. Yeah, I would so insist. You, gotta, you know, you got to watch it. So yeah, everybody should watch this at least, at least once a year. But you should probably, and I don't even do it this much, but you should probably watch it once a month. Once a month is a lot to watch any movie. All right, twice a year. Twice a year, I feel, is a good amount to watch, uh, like, uh, if it's a favorite movie of yours. I could see that. And it's got to be slightly easier to watch than uh, Back to the Future because there's one less of them. You could successfully stop the Ghostbusters story here and be satisfied. No problem. The The second one, I love, too. I love it. Great fucking movie. I'll probably end up watching it pretty soon here. I might watch it tonight. That's why I left the Blu-ray in the living room instead of putting it away after I was done. I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave this out here because I want to watch the second one tonight. I mean, that's what I did with Back to the Future last when we did that one. And it took me like a week, but I got around to watching the third one. That's called Thinking Chuck. Are you done rating this movie? Uh, Yeah, 50 out of 50. Watch it for sure. I highly recommend it. Um, already own it. Yeah, do it. All right, I'm also going to give this movie a 50 Randy Quaid's. It is nearly a perfect movie. Like, it even, like, I thought, because it's been a while since I've watched it. It's definitely not been one I've watched twice every year. And I was thinking to myself, there's going to be a lot more problematic shit in here than I remember. But there really wasn't, overall. Like, Peter Venkman's a dirtbag, but they don't try and convince you he's a good guy, either. Like, you're supposed to know he's a dirtbag. So that makes it feel a little bit better. Like, he redeems himself by the end, kind of. By being heroic, kind of. By being heroic and whatever, but none of that's the point. Even I think when he's heroic, he gets the other Ghostbusters to walk in front of him. None of it really matters though, because like all the characters are fucking perfect. Specifically, Rick Moranis. Like I can't say enough how much he really makes this movie in that secondary role. Like that, he's so fucking perfect. Uh, the effects in this movie are really good, both the practical and whatever kind of animation they were doing with that portal and shit. Like, I don't know how that was done, but I was really good, but I really like how it looked. The ghost effect, like in the library scene, when she turns from the old woman into the fucking weird, like skeleton shit, that. that was like a practical effect with like some sort of camera effect over the top of it. Like that looked like just all of it looked so fucking good. It's an hour and 45 minutes, but it does not feel like an hour and 45 minutes. You get it going. felt like an hour 20. The, like it just, the story just fucking flows, and everyone's so good in it. It's, yeah, 50 fucking Randy Quaid's. I would absolutely watch it again. I do own it. I'd recommend that everyone watch it. Own it. Love it. That's it. Give it. Get it. Got it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you can Johnny Spade knows. I'm going to give it a perfect 49. <laughs> Once again, Johnny Spade coming in with the 49. I don't know. I feel like some, nothing. Uh, maybe I think a 50 is higher than it should be. What, have yeah, you given, it's all it's all within the spontaneity. Have you given anything a 50 to your recollection? No. no. Is there anything you know you would give a 50? Theoretically, if you were to put it on and watch it again, maybe not. But in your head, you might. I don't know. Because like, Chuck asked me earlier if I wanted to pick a movie. And I was just like. You know, that might take me some time. I recommend you think about it, and if you find a pick in your mind that feels right, and you don't got to give it a 50, I'm going in. Because that was even something, too, like, you guys have been doing, like, these older movies, and even if I was to think of one that was, like, older, and but I might not have seen it in forever, maybe it doesn't fucking hold up anymore. Like, oh, man. That's a chance you got to oh, take. Yeah, I understand that. It's a chance. See, I've watched most of these movies recently enough. This one wasn't my pick, so I haven't watched it in a while, but, like, I picked Hook. I had watched Hook recently enough. To know that I thought it still held up, at least. Because even I love Star Wars, but if I picked a Star Wars movie, I don't know if I'd give it a fucking 50. I I like Star Wars. I don't think they're good movies. I think there'd be two I'd consider giving a 50, but I don't know if that would hold true if I watched them. I think most of them hover around the 30 for me. It's just as I got older and I watched them more and more and more when I got older, I was like... I. I couldn't deal with some of the things that I was able to overlook as a as a child. If you're asking me if I give them a 50 as a film, that's a different kind of question. Am I giving them or some of them a 50 as a movie? 
Yeah. Then I'm going to rate it differently. That's a different question. And that's generally how I try to look at things on 50 Randy Quaid's is how am I going to rate this as a movie? Not in the general scope of how do I rate this against anything else? Like, is this as good as The English Patient? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we've kind of made it to where the the scale is sliding. It's all based on spontaneity. Well, let's get back. Let's get back to Duck John's. Let's get back to fucking Johnny Spade's 49. Well, that that's the thing about the scale, though, is like, I think it funny sometimes i'm like i should give this movie a two and be like i loved it <laughs> but anyways i give this movie a 49 perfect 49 out of 50 i mean it's fucking ghostbusters fucking came out what did it say june summer blockbuster five months before i was born yeah so this came out before any of us were born I, it was... you got you got slimer you got the fucking ghostbusters you got the ecto-1 you got the proton packs. I had the toy proton pack as a kid. I forget what the trap is called. I had the trap. It had the little thing you stepped on. It would pop the trap open. I didn't have the trap, but my next door neighbor had the trap. So I got to play with the trap. Oh, yeah. I would bring my... Those, those toys were all fucking awesome. I would bring my proton pack over to his house, and we would fucking step on the trap together. <laughs> well, not like not like simultaneously. Sorry. Comedy, then it's great. Everything in this movie is great. Fucking classic. But it's and just... It stands the test of time. It's just not a 50, though. I don't know why. That's fair. <laughs> 50! Fever! Plus, I think I've seen the second one a lot more than I've seen the first one. Do you like the second one more? I think so. I really to, like the second one. I'd have to watch it again. I think some parts of the second one are funnier than the first one. That I'll agree with. It's been a while since I've seen it, but that's the one I've also watched more. Because I think overall it's funnier, but also the bad guy is more menacing. Vigo. He feels yeah. like yeah, more... Yeah, And what's-his-face is funny, too. The Vigo guy, the, like... The, the guy, the art guy. Yeah. And what's-his-face is back, too. Uh, Rick Moranis. Yep. He, like, becomes a Ghostbuster. Yeah, yep. and he starts uh, hooking up with Janine. Yep. Because Egon is apparently a sexless being, but... Yeah, he just did not seem like he was into her at all. Dude, I'd be into Janine. Oh, dude, oh, so I, I. I love Janine. <laughs> All about Janine. I like because of like the time that this these coincide. I like think Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think Janine and April O'Neil. Like they're six years apart, but in my mind, they exist at the same time frame because I probably watched them watched at them about the same, the same age. Yeah. Yeah. In my life, they probably were watched very close to each other, and they feel very close in style even like six years apart i think that's a testament to ghostbusters that six years later it and ninja turtles would still stand next to each other because ninja turtles looks fucking great with nothing but practical effects yeah movie's so good but i guess we can all agree that you can catch all of our new episodes on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you guys other otherwise get your podcast except for stitcher we're not on there and of course 50randyquades.com. And most importantly, 50randyquades.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next time <laughs> on 50 Randy Quaid, it is episode 125. Knowing. So this is going to be the uh, 51st edition of Hashtag Gage Talk. Edition. No, I said it's the fifty-first edition of the hashtag Cage Talk edition. Yeah, do the full cage, the full hashtag. Nah, man. Okay, I can do parts and not parts and other parts and minus parts. Divide by some other parts. I don't. Think and then we always get to the. Until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace, Peace out. out.